0: hey guys welcome to the becca cook show i have a very special guest today my friend jessica chow she I actually know her through my church i've known her for years and she has a very very powerful story a very powerful testimony but before we get into that welcome to the becca cook show jessica chow
1: oh my gosh thank you so much for having me it's such an honor
0: thank you i'm glad you're here so I don't know a lot of the kind of details of your story. I know the broad strokes, but let's start at the beginning. Where were you raised and what kind of family were you raised in? Like what tell us about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I was raised in a Chinese American family. Um obviously for those who don't know, it's, it's um coming from an Im- immigrant family. It's all about merit, you know. Um your curriculum just all about your resume of successes. And that's what defines you. Um, and I worked very hard to try to gain that acceptance in my family and from friends and and everybody. Um, my parents split when I was eight and my mom pursued a life with a married man, um, after that. And And where were you,
0: where, what city were you in?
1: That was in Virginia, Chantilly, Virginia. Okay. Um, And then this man who is married lives in California. And that's basically how I got over here is because it was like this, oh, if you come here, I'll leave my wife and, and all these promises that were not kept when she got here with us. Um, And so that's kind of my introduction to relationships was watching that happen. Um, I think I was too young to understand what the divorce was, because my dad was frequently traveling. So even though I didn't see him all the time, I still thought, oh, okay, there's just this other strange man here all the time. I'm not really sure if he's an uncle or or what, you know, I was eight, so I I don't think I was old enough to process that this was happening. My mom passed in my third year of college. So before I could even graduate, I um, lost kind of the, again, I grew up secular, right? So I didn't grow up Christian, live my life for my parents. And so when you lose your parents, then I'm like, what is the purpose of life now? Um, why am I performing and doing all these things for, for someone who is so quickly taken?
0: Wow. And so how old were you when she passed?
1: I was 19. So yeah, just a third, third quarter of, of uh, or after winter quarter of my third year in college.
0: And what, what impact, I mean, obviously that was traumatic for you. Like, how did that affect you in terms of just the way, I know you mentioned just like seeing life differently, but how did that affect you in the way, did you act out on that or like, what was it like to, to have that happen?
1: Yeah, I, to be honest, I think I, again, was too young to process such immense pain like that. I, I wasn't, um, I think my my, genera- my parents' generation is a generation who didn't deal with emotions because their biggest goal was just to survive and get food on the table. And so I was never taught how to process emotions. Um, so my innate response is flight, to just distract myself, get busy, travel, do things to numb the pain, find whatever high I could get to um, pretend like everything's fine and this is normal and that I'm okay and no one needs to worry about me. And then I'm not a burden for others uh, to stress or, you know, to worry about Um, I wanted to come across as self-sufficient and independent. And so mourning and grieving felt like, or I was taught was a form of weakness growing up. So I did not give myself permission to mourn that. Um, So, you know, needless to say, my lifestyle went very recklessly after that because I like, there's no other way to cope for me than, than to just keep running, to keep running from it.
0: Yeah. And so when you say reckless, like what would, what were the, some of the things you were doing that were reckless?
1: I, I went to Spain and I worked for this company um, for about six months and got into just a lot of partying and drinking and that led to drugs and toxic relationships. And um, I, after I graduated college, the, the year right after... Um, I worked at a really big talent agency um, in Los Angeles. That was my first job out of college and um, (laughs) fell into that lifestyle real real easily because I was like, well, this is even funner because there's celebrities here and there's this whole glamour looking lifestyle. So again, another way to mask um, the pain I had not dealt with. Um,
0: And you moved to, did you moved to Los Angeles to pursue, you moved to Los Angeles to, to pursue acting, right? Or, or how did that, how did that end up being your kind of career, your path?
1: Yeah, I, I, I moved because my first job was at, um, at CAA. Um, I, I got that like my second week after I graduated. So I came just to be, you know, as an executive assistant at a talent agency, that's, that's what I came to do. I, I, I've always loved entertainment, but I had no idea I wanted to act. Um, and it wasn't until just one day I wanted to do something fun, a hobby, and that's why I started taking acting classes. Um, and then from this acting class, I had a best friend from college who was like, "Oh, come on this fun casting call. It, I don't know what it is, but it's it's uh, just eating fries and you know <laughs> being friends. And I was like, oh, I love fries. So I, <laughs> I went with her and it ended up being a Wendy's commercial. Um, and that's how I booked my first national. Commercial, it was a fluke accident. I had no idea what was happening. They're like, oh, can you come back again tomorrow? And I was like, why? <laughs> he said, it's a callback. So that's how yeah. I felt with acting. Yeah.
0: And so, and, but so during all this time in LA, when you were like, were you kind of a party girl and just kind of, and, and what did you even think about? <clears throat> did you even have any thoughts about, is there a God, or is there not a God? Like, where were you in terms of that too?
1: Yeah, I, I would say I've always had this blind faith where it was like kind of, oh, the universe, you know, everything will work out. I'm going to pray, but I have no idea who I'm praying to. Um, so I would say I was, you know, agnostic where I, I believe in some higher being, but I had no relationship with the Lord and and had no encouragement or influence of how to pursue a relationship with God. It was just, this is God and this is you and, and you'll never get there. And, you know, best of luck kind of uh, how it felt or how it was kind of introduced to me. So None of my friends were Christian. All my friends were actually hardcore atheists, and they made that very clear to me. Whenever I would try to say something of faith, even though I wasn't Christian, I still would be like, "Oh, you know, God is good," and <laughs> was like, there is no God. And I was like, "Oh, okay,
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll I'll stop saying that." <laughs> Never mind. Yeah.
1: Sorry said that. Like, you know, didn't mean to offend. Um, so yeah, no, no relationship with God, no form of faith. But I, but I did start to get hungry. You know for For healing, and I didn't realize that and um, while I was in l a and that's how I kind of followed my brother to church, our home church reality l a Tim Chaddock was preaching. I wasn't intending on on truly experiencing anything i just I just thought this was a safe place to go, and then it wasn't until worship
0: <sighs> that first you mean the first time you went something happened during worship
1: yeah. what happened the very first time well first of all you know reality they turn down the lights (laughs) that's the first freedom of performance is the lights are off no one can see you like literally no one cares everyone's just looking forward you are just like a little silhouette of a shadow like I thought oh my gosh this is such a that feels nice no one can see me yeah um and then they're, you know, they're like, oh, you know, feel feel free to come forward to pray and to get prayer or to sit on the, the rug in the front. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll go sit on the rug by myself because I don't, I just don't want to be watched even by you guys. So, um, so I went to the rug and oh, I don't know why I'm getting emotional. Um, the song Oceans was playing and um, I, oh, sorry, I remember I, um, I looked up and I, felt like I just saw this, this divine dome circle force field, like not just me, but like all of our mass church. And, and it was this, it wasn't a voice. It wasn't anything. There's no way to say this without sounding kind of weird, but it's just this, I, it doesn't matter where you've been looking. I see you. Um, I see exactly where you are. I, I know that you are Jessica. I know what you have done. I know what you are doing. I know things that you haven't even admitted to yourself that have happened. I know you're scared. I know you feel very alone. Um, but it was just kind of this embracing hug of, um, but I'm here. Um, and I, um, and I felt like this, this massive chain that was like, oh gosh, it sounds weird, but like in my mouth. And it was like tugging, like, come, Come to me. And the song is singing, you know, Spirit, lead me where my feet can't wander. I had never heard these songs in my life. The next song was Break Every Chain. <laughs>
0: <gasps> wow.
1: Like, Sean Johnson praised, like, thank God for you. Like, just leading worship in this divine way where the, the, I couldn't put into words how I was feeling, but the, the, the song lyrics were putting it into words for me of, God wants to break these chains. He wants he wants you. It doesn't matter what's going to happen after this. He just wants you right right now today.
0: And, and were you um, were you crying during this experience?
1: Like not not okay. Like just like just pouring out. I was sitting next to that table with the communion just grabbing those tissues. And, <laughs> yeah. and 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 I didn't even care. At one point I was just pulling them all out and like people were trying to get their communion and they were like, "Oh, sorry." I was like, "It's fine." And I'm just crying hysterically. And my, my brother was like, are you okay? And um, I was like, I'm so good. Like I, I felt so that really was like the captivating moment where I was like, whoever, this has to be God, like this is God. So that's, I would say the, the time I met, I met the presence of God, I experienced the presence of God in that moment.
0: And then how was what was it like after that when you kind of got back into normal life and stuff? Like, Were you decide, like, what happened after that?
1: Gosh, uh, I can, you know, for me, uh, it took a while for the Lord to truly change my heart and my desires. Um, Physically, I was continuing continuing to do what I was doing because I didn't know any better. And I didn't know of another way. But um, I joined community group at Reality. And I would show up full on smoking a cigarette or high from the night before or probably just did a whole bag of cocaine in the car. And I would show up <laughs> and, and they would be like, I'm so happy you're here. And I'm like, really? Um, have you eaten? And I'm like, no. And they would they would feed me and like, you should eat more food. And um, I remember, you know, I never read the Bible in my life and they would be asking questions. What do you think this first and second Corinthians? And I would be like, I think it means, you know and I would say, <laughs> "Flipping answers and everyone would be like, great share, you know, that was so great. And <laughs> Knowing that I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I just, I had no idea that there was any disagreement with my lifestyle. I just always felt so accepted and that's why I kept going because I felt safe and um, I didn't need to meet some standard to, to come in through the door. I didn't need to have some fantastic God story to come through the door. It was just, we're just happy you're here. Thanks for coming and please eat something. Yeah. Um,
0: And then, so when did you start to kind of feel conviction about like certain things you were doing in your life? When did that kind of start happening?
1: I think one of the, yeah, one of the times that uh, one of the guys at the community group was talking about pursuing um, purity um, because he was actually talking about pornography and I thought, whoa, this is, this is huge. I've never heard a guy talk about this in public, um, this struggle. And, and, and he was weeping over it. And, and um, I've also never seen a man weep before. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, and, and just, he, he, my heart broke for him and his heart broke for us. He was like, you're my sisters and I want to cherish and protect you and treasure you. And, and this bondage, I feel like I'm in and, anyway, it's just this, this talk. And then they would ask me questions about purity in my life. And, um, you know, if, if this man you say loves you, um, and wants to build you up in Christ, would he be sleeping with you? Just kind of these questions that people would leave me with and and had me wondering, Hmm, um, what is that? And then one day, uh, pastor Adam was preaching and he said, you know, um, something about wolves and men who are wolves in sheep's clothing, who are here to prowl on women. And then he said something, and he called out guys who were like sleeping with their girlfriends. And I think that was just one of the first times I thought, or he said, this is what is happening. This is what's happening. This is how God sees you. And this is the kind of man he wants uh, to treat you as, and just poured out this truth of, you know, you are worthy to be protected. You're worthy to be, um, to, to wait and, and cherish your body. And, and, all these beautiful truths that i never heard someone say before. And I obviously recognize immediately that that's not what's happening here. And I, that's, that's just kind of one of the ways that my heart started to recognize. I, I want, I want that. I want that pure, good relationship and obviously witnessing our pastors and their families. I thought, I want that too. Um, How they would look at me like a daughter or just, hi, Jessica, how are you? How can I pray for you? And it wasn't this lustful. It just, it wasn't, it was so pure and and loving. And I thought, gosh, I want a husband like this. This is so, this feels so safe. And it feels like this is what God designed it uh, to be. Um, And so I I just started desiring relationships in that way. And um, pertaining to drugs, to be honest, it took this, this last time at a party when I literally just kept uh, throwing up, I couldn't hold it down. It was after one one line, which had there's no explanation why I couldn't hold it down because my tolerance was through the roof at this point and I couldn't hold it down. And I I felt the Lord telling me this is this is my body and and I'm not going to let you defile it anymore. And I'm not going to let you put this stuff where I dwell. That was my last time actually doing drugs.
0: And then after that, so after you kind of came to this sort of understanding about purity and about, you know, your body and your, your body being the temple of the spirit and, and, and kind of protecting that. How did, you know, how, what, what, was your walk with the Lord? Like after that, like, how did, were people discipling you? Like what was going on?
1: Yeah. I decided to buy a condo with um, the money I made from these commercials. And while it was renovating, I lived with a very good friend and her mother And they just started teaching me the word. I was hungry for the word. I, every day they would, I would wait for them like a dog, just waiting for them to come home. And I'd be like, I have a question. Um, who is Paul and how do you know he's telling the truth? And what, you know, what do you think about this? And, and (laughs) they would be like, Jessica, can I just put my stuff down, please? Uh, (laughs) And I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. Sure. I'll just wait outside. And (laughs) they're like, okay. Um, and I lived with them for two and a half months. And then I went on, so I was, I was just enamored with the word. Um, they had me start off in the book of Ephesians. And then I went on this Europe trip with, uh, 16 other believers. It wasn't a mission trip. It was supposed to be just for fun. But of course I witnessed day in day out living life in Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, in prayer and bible study and we we showed up in Ephesus which is right after I read Ephesians and I was like oh my gosh this is coming to life um all the things uh and just even people witnessing to others on this cruise ship and this is the first time that I ever talked about my abortions um with someone on the boat and she um just loved me, cared for me and told me about this great organization called Clara's health, which is where I got post-abortion healing. But I mean, this trip changed my life where I got to witness life, uh, 24 hours, what it looks like to live as a Christian. And I wanted it. I I wanted this, this lifestyle of fighting for more of God and less of us. Um, I, I wanted that so much.
0: Wow. And so what was the process of um you said, you know, Claris Health, you know, the healing, because they're they do, you know, what's it, I don't what's it called when they kind of do this healing process with Christians?
1: It's like a if they have a post-abortion healing program. So for those who've had an abortion, there's this 10-week program. Um, it's you go through an incredible workbook that is, you know, um, just goes through the stages of first confessing and acknowledging what happens and it talks a lot about who you were before that happened and who you were after it things of people you may be you might be blaming that don't really make sense but just you still have to come to terms with this is who you're upset with um or this is who I'm hurt by or this is what I wish the circumstance was um it, there's also a part about um you know thinking about who how old the child would be now. And I think for me um, acknowledging that this child was a child and a human, even though for me, it was like a clump of tissue back then. I didn't think of it as, as a person, um, a person that is, is with Jesus now. Um,
0: And how old, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you had the abortions?
1: uh, My first one was at 21 and my second was at 24.
0: And was it when, after that, I mean, not to dredge up all that, but like after each one, was it, were you just, was it a difficult thing for you afterwards, even though you weren't a Christian yet? Was it, was it like
1: Mm.
0: painful for you, you know, to, to go through that? I mean, it must be.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um It's almost like your body has a physical reaction to what happened, where you cannot deny that you something went wrong. This was unnatural. This was not supposed to happen. Um, once again, it was a form of keeping that performance, that perfect record, uh, as clean as possible. And... Someone said this the other day, which was so powerful, that we'd rather go to God with an abortion than to our pastors with an unintended pregnancy.
0: And so how... Uh, I Because you work you work for Clarice right now, don't you? Don't, don't you kind of volunteer there or work for them?
1: Yes, I'm actually their full-time marketing communications manager. And okay, I didn't have Clarice when I was pregnant. And I want people to have Clarice when they're pregnant.
0: And so what, I mean... You know, obviously it's difficult and, and it's, it's, you know, hard to know what a young girl or young woman is going through, but like, what would, what would you say to young women now? Obviously I'm sure you, you've done this a lot, but what, what do you say to young women now who are like on the verge of, of getting an abortion and what would you, how would you counsel them?
1: I would first ask, what do you need? Um, mm-hmm. What do you need right now? Um, rather than what are you going to do? Which is what I was asked, which did not help. Cause I didn't know. Um, so if, is it finances? Is it help to figure out your options? Um, what those options truly look like? Would you like to talk to someone who has been through your similar situation? Um, how can we provide to your needs right now today? And Just that you know you are not alone. You have a team of people behind you that want to support you and be that family for you with your and and want you to walk through this with your current family and, and, uh, and help you, um, you know, maybe tell your parents or if there's people you're afraid of telling um, just to be rid of any of that shame or any of that judgment that they're already feeling coming to you in the first place. And just um, being a listening ear, ask me how they're how they're what they're feeling, and then just how can we fill the need?
0: Yeah, that's good. And and so, how after you went through that healing process at Claris, like did you feel like you did you feel relief
1: when when I came when I went to the post abortion healing? I'd already been a Christian for about a year, so I feel like my identity in Christ was already pretty solid in the sense that. I knew I was forgiven. Um, I knew that God loved me, and and that I didn't have to carry the responsibility of that because of what Christ has done for us. So I I had accepted that I'm washed, but I still never fully unpacked the severity of the situation. It was kind of this: oh, that happened, that was wrong, and then I'm washed and moving forward. But but you don't. But it wasn't true healing, if you don't really know the depths of what, what happened, and, and really working through all the hard parts that you don't want to talk about, like, oh, that's painful, or that's a traumatic part of my life, or I don't, I don't want to think about that anymore, but with the Lord, you don't have to, you don't, we don't have to be afraid to go back and rehash things that we might have missed, or, or, um, you know, we want true healing, so, so um, I was very willing to acknowledge my children and even put a name to them and put a face to them and, and, and give them back to the Lord and, um, meet them and surrender them back to the Lord. And that was actually very freeing for me to just not have to fear that anymore and not be running from that anymore.
0: So you're working at Clara's health, you're married, you're a wife, but you also do a couple other things. So talk about that. Okay.
1: Um, I have a YouTube channel um, about God in the entertainment industry where I talk to other actors models singers dancers about their identity that's rooted in Christ despite all the other uh, titles that the world wants to give you and um, and what's it
0: called what's the YouTube channel called
1: it's called 3130 beloved um, and
0: why like, is it called that
1: because proverbs 3130. Uh, talks about a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised and that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. Um, and beloved, cause that's what God, uh, said I was the first time I met him at that carpet on reality is you are my you. beloved and I see you.
0: Amazing. Is there anything else? Am I missing anything else before we go? Oh
1: gosh, such a joy. Um, I love getting to know Jesus with you and continuing to find out more about him. Um, Always more to learn in Christ. Yeah.
0: Praise God. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that God Mm -hmm. ran after you, the hound of heaven ran after you and grabbed you and by the scruff of the neck and brought you to church and that you are now in his kingdom and you're my sister in Christ. It's awesome. So I'm and I'm so thankful that he's done all that healing in you. And it's just, it's such a great testament to how amazing our Father is in heaven. So Thank you for thank you. sharing
1: thank you. your story. Your story blew my mind and helped me get to know God even deeper. I was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for your testimony, for your book and the way that you preach the gospel too. I'm, I'm so encouraged by you.
0: Well, thank you. Well, thank you for, for being on the show. And guys, we will see you next week on the Becca Cook show. So thank you, Jessica.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of The Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com.